And as soon as you link your Gmail account, a Compose window launches that's pre-filled with about 10 of our internal email addresses. It's pre-filled with a subject and a message. And all you're told to do is hit the GMAS button to send that campaign. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of the Confessions of a B2B Marketer podcast. And we have an awesome interview with the CEO, founder and developer of a SaaS company called GMAS. And specifically, we're going to be focusing on their insanely good onboarding flow. So we're going to be digging into that. AJ is going to come on, explain how he took that product from nothing to 130k in MRR. I think they're actually higher than that at the moment, but specifically focusing on this insanely good onboarding flow that I stumbled across one day last year. So that's coming up. Before we jump into that, I need to give a big shout out to my man, Mikal, or Michael, maybe it's probably how it's said. Now, Michael gave us an awesome review on Apple. He says that I'm a digital marketer myself and I found a few golden nuggets here that I've already used in my biz. So we need to give a shout out to Michael and specifically his business, kickstartsidehustle.com. It's a newsletter and the biggest collection of viral marketing case studies on the internet. So if you enjoy this podcast, please go to Apple, please leave a review, send me a screenshot uh, at tom at sasmarketer.io and I'll get you a shout out on the show. Now, if you're tuning in because you want to hear an update on what's going on with the businesses, with Fame, the podcast agency, or with Becast, the podcast hosting software, there are massive updates to be had. I'm not going to be sharing them on this show. I think I'll do a bigger show with updates on those next week or in two weeks. Specifically, I want to dive into the SEO strategy for both of them. I've been spending most of my kind of focus work on how, what is the SEO strategy? What are the keywords we want to rank for for the agency and for the podcast hosting software and how they differ? So done some interesting work on that. We've also potentially found a partner to run a promotion with. That I'll update on. That's kind of just in the very early stages. We're just deciding kind of what the structure is and what the thing is that we will be offering. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I said that I'd be bringing people onto the podcast, potentially build relationships to help them promote Becast, but that kind of happened without even having to bring anyone onto the show. But I do actually want to bring that person onto the show as and when we confirm that to talk about the process of finding partners to promote your software. One more shout out I must give is for Ahrefs, specifically for their new free webmaster tools. Now, I'm an Ahrefs addict. I check it multiple times per day. I just love seeing the referring domains go up with every day for both products. Now, what Ahrefs have done is brought out most of those core features for absolutely free. So you can connect your site to Ahrefs. You can monitor the health of the site. It's going to be telling you exactly what you need to fix and when it's going to be scraping the whole of the internet for to find out your backlinks and letting you know them and also seeing the keywords that you're ranking for that bring you, you traffic. Now, Ahrefs, I think it starts at like $99 or £99 per month, but they've kind of broken out these core features and they are offering them for free. So if you simply Google Ahrefs Webmaster Tools, you'll find the page. If they ask you where you came from, say that Tom Hunt from SaaS Marketer sent you. Now with that, we're going to jump into this discussion with AJ. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, Tom. <laughs> so give us a 30-second intro to you and your background in email and SaaS because it's pretty um, extensive. 
I'm a software developer by trade. I became an entrepreneur right out of college. I have been building email marketing products for the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. Mass is what I'm currently working on. And it's a plugin for Gmail that turns your Gmail account into an email marketing platform. Into an email marketing machine. Yeah, uh, thanks. That sounds better than platform. <laughs> um, but there's also another product, which I think is quite cool as well. Yeah, WordZen. Hmm. WordZen is a plugin for Gmail that allows an editor to write and respond to your emails for you. Yeah, this is insane, isn't it? So you, so you get an email, and then if you'd like to respond, you record. That recording yes. goes to you. Your editor yes. writes it up. Yes. Yeah, nice. That's pretty cool. The idea is that you can handle your email while you're on the go from your phone. Yeah, yeah that's nice. And before that, you built another email automation platform. Yes, that was called Django Mail. I ran that for about 10 years and sold it in 2013. Mm-hmm. And it was after that that you were in Hawaii with your... Yes. <laughs> yes, with my now wife, actually. Oh, fantastic news. That's really <laughs> yeah. great. Because she was doing a yoga course. Yes. And then you somehow had the idea for GMAS. Yes, I was actually working on a project related to WordZen, which is the email writing service. And I wanted a simple way to send a small campaign from my Gmail account. I didn't want to log into MailChimp or I didn't want to go to Constant Contact and have to figure a bunch of stuff out and learn a new interface. I just wanted to do it from Gmail because I'm so familiar with Gmail and I live in it all day long. And I was shocked that nobody had written a way to make that possible. And I decided that I would be the guy to create that software. So you literally just banged that out when you were in Hawaii, right? I did. I, I wrote the front end in the form of a Chrome extension, which is 100% JavaScript. So I banged out the JavaScript and I paid a contractor $5,000 to write the back end, which I spec'd out for him in a couple of days. I even said, if you can get this done for me, and I think I gave him like a five-day deadline... That's why I offered to pay so much. Normally, I wouldn't pay $5,000 for what this was, but I just wanted it done quickly because I was so excited about it. And so we, we started building this out. And the, the thing I want to focus on in this episode is specifically the onboarding flow. Sure. And maybe before we go into it, I would urge people to Google GMAS. I'm sure it'd be number one Chrome extension. Install and see what happens next because it's like one of the smoothest things I've ever experienced. So this, first, could you just outline what happens in that flow and then talk about how you kind of thought about doing that? At what point during the business did you bring that in? Yeah, yeah. So I'll tell you exactly the moment that I realized I had an onboarding problem. I was reading a review that somebody wrote of GMAS. There's a website called Authority Hacker. And somebody from Authority Hacker had written a review of GMAS where he was comparing us to a couple of competitors. And he goes, I installed GMAS. And the biggest problem is I had no idea what to do after I installed it. So I'm like, oh, man, that's terrible. That's terrible. Uh, because you've, done, you've literally done the hard work to get, it, get the person there. And that, like, that's like, you've basically done most of the hard work. You have the yeah. product there that, you, that you've invested in building. But there's yeah. this tiny little behavioral guidance that you need to right, right. continue. So what I decided in that moment is that I wanted everybody who signs up to be able to send a test email campaign within 
a couple of clicks and within maybe five or six seconds max. Like I wanted them to see how it works instantly. Like not, not five minutes, not 10 minutes. I have competitors that say, it's so easy to use. You can send your first campaign in 10 minutes. 10 minutes, that's way too long. I wanted like 10 seconds. Mm. So what we do is as soon as you install the Chrome extension, you're directed to your Gmail account. You get a pop-up to link your Gmail account. And as soon as you link your Gmail account, a Compose window launches that's pre-filled with about 10 of our internal email addresses. It's pre-filled with a subject and a message. And all you're told to do is hit the GMAS button to send that campaign. And when you do that, you've now sent your first campaign and you instantly understand how it works. So that's two clicks. Um, let's see, one click to link your account. You might have to enter your Google password if you're not already logged in. And then another click to launch the Compose and then another click to hit the GMS button. So three clicks. Mm -hmm. And so then that email is sent out to your 10 kind of test accounts. Yes. And then if that user then goes to send, this for me, this was like the magic moment when I went to send and I saw all of those individual customized emails. Yes. Then that, that for me was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you make a good point. Maybe I should direct the user to go check out their sent mail folder after they do that. AJ, maybe you should. Maybe you should. Um, <laughs> Cool. And so I shoot like obviously the adoption, like the likelihood that someone will actually send a real mail merge pre the onboarding flow uh, versus post onboarding flow has probably increased massively. Yeah, it has. I don't have the exact numbers to compare just because mm -hmm. our user sign up rate is so much higher now than it was before in the first place. Mm -hmm. But I do know that I created the onboarding flow at a critical juncture in the business because it was right before user adoption started to take off. So had I not had that in place, I think I'd be significantly smaller. Mm. Yeah. So if you, let's say you delayed it by six months, you would have had X amount of new users coming through that didn't have that and then would churn and potentially never come back because they were like, I have no idea what to do with this thing. Correct, yeah. I can tell you that 25% of all the people that sign up now use that test campaign. They send that test campaign. Great. Awesome. Okay, cool. That's, so it's, okay, so the other 75% either just like forget about it or they don't send the test but then continue using the tool. Yeah, a good percentage of them do. I mean, certainly there's a percentage of people that also sign up and just never do anything and never send anything. That happens with every product. Right? Exactly. Right, yeah. right. But the engagement is pretty high after sign up because of that flow. Yeah, so 25% are actually sending those. So you must have like hundreds or thousands of emails coming to those test accounts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. We do. Yeah, yeah I'm sure you can handle that. I, I've stopped logging into those test accounts. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And so I really like that journey. You, you had the product, you had challenges, you saw a specific review from actually quite a big, that's quite a useful customer, right? Authority hacker, they're like massive. You took the feedback and then you were like, okay, how can we now make it the easiest possible for people to do this? Yes. You implemented that flow, two or three clicks and about 10 seconds to push that through and to actually have people experience what the product is about. Yes. And which is obviously going to have a massive impact on adoption post 
sign up and probably paid use as well because if they're a paywall at a specific time or to unlock a specific feature. Yeah, there's a paywall if you want to send more than 50 emails in a day. Mm, okay, cool. And actually, you, you bring up an interesting point because I always believe that with every upside, there's a downside. So even though we have this really slick onboarding flow, which is a great upside for the business, mm. there's a downside too. And the downside is that users sometimes get frustrated when they realize that that test campaign they just sent with those 10 people counts towards their free allotment. And they're like, oh man, I wouldn't have sent that if I knew that was going to burn up 10 of the 50. So, okay. So the 10 count up against the 50. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, that's not intentional. It's just Mm. that it's, it's difficult to separate out a test campaign from a real campaign and to count all these different types of emails. So we just lump it in with the total count. And to be honest, it's only one day, right? Next day they can go back to sending 50. Right, right. And really, we want you to upgrade. We want you to subscribe and pay because, you know, that's how we sustain the business and build new features. Exactly. So you have any other, like, sweet usage prompts that you're going to implement? Or you think that's probably it? We have something pretty cool that I'm about to launch in the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. One of the things you can do right now is you can run your campaign through a test that tells you if your emails are landing in the inbox, spam folder, or promotions folder. And what we're about to do is make it so that if that tool detects that a certain percentage are landing in promotions or spam, we're going to prompt you to use another tool, which we're about to launch, which will attempt to solve that problem for you. And it'll solve that problem for you by sending variants of your email, like making your subject all lowercase or Mm. routing it through a different server. Mm. It'll keep sending variants and keep testing it until your inbox percentage gets higher. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Because that's a massive, like any person cold emailing, their like biggest fear is getting to spam operations and never like reaching the inbox. Yeah. And uh, it's becoming a bigger and bigger problem. We're seeing more just like regular non-marketing email end up in spammer promotion. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty game changing. So you say that's going to that's gonna be released in a couple of weeks? Yeah. Fantastic. And is there anything that you... Like, or the final question on the onboarding flow. The flow that I experienced a few weeks back, has that... Have you optimized that email or the way that process works anyway since it launched it was probably a couple of years ago right it was yeah that process has been in place at least two years so have anything have you tweaked anything in that process like even the wording the email the amount of email that's sent to or has that remained constant no i have i have tweaked a couple of things so you might recall that the button you're clicking on to launch the campaign says show me the magic (laughs) So it used to be something more dry, like launch test campaign. Yeah. So I experimented with that and found that a little bit of wit goes a long way. Boosted um, the uh, boosted the percentage of clickers. Yep. Yeah. Nice. I've also experimented with the copy in the test campaign. Yeah. It used to be different. I know what it is now. And we, I've just kind of played with the subject, the message, because I wanted it to be something super simple mm. and something that everybody can relate to. 
I'm just going to quickly get it up on my screen right now because I forgot what the actual wording was. But that is so weird to think that the word in a test email that someone could send would impact the amount of people that want to send the email. Like, it's so like, where, where are we? Yeah, I think so. Because, because in the end, that email is still coming from you, the user. So you want the text to be something that represents you, even as generic as the text is. You don't want it to be something that paints you in a light that you don't like. Even though it's only going to internal email addresses, but I, I get it. So, okay, I'm going to read this out. So it says, hey, first name, which is a dynamic field. This is a test message I'm sending to demonstrate the power of GMAS. I've composed this message, and even though I'm sending it to about 10 people, you'll think I send this email just to you. Talk to you soon, exclamation mark. Yeah. And have scroll down. Oh, yeah, scroll down. And then these instructions to that user simply saying, press the GMAS button to send this test email. Yes. Nice. Yeah, so it is pretty simple, isn't it? But I mean, you can have so much fun like writing variations for that like two sentence yes. the email. Anyway, awesome. AJ, like this is super impressive, like super smooth. Again, anybody just Google GMAS, it's G-M-A-S-S. I presume the first result on Google is going to be the Chrome store. Add it, connect your Google account, press two buttons to experience that onboarding. Flo, we have three questions to finish off. Do you have a favorite marketing slash growth book? Yeah, it's a bit of an unorthodox choice, but it's a recruiting book called no. Top Grading. I've, yes, I've read parts of this. Could, yeah. why, um, so for me, so this has been transformative for me because I used to be a terrible recruiter. And this book taught me to be, I think, a pretty good recruiter. And I think recruiting is the ultimate growth strategy. It's the ultimate growth hack, recruiting the right people. That's nice. The one thing I remember from the book is the threat of the reference check. Like, yes. A- yes. yes. Nice. God. So aligned. That's interesting. So you're basically saying that the growth is going to come from building or marketing awesome stuff. And you can only do that if you have great people. Yes. Well, I would even go as far as to say you can only build a great product if you have great people. Mm. I've never been particularly well-versed in sales and marketing. I'm a product builder. And I've gotten away with being able to grow businesses mostly based on the virtue of the product and not a lot of fancy sales and marketing. That's actually the best way to do it. Like I, my, I spent six years in online marketing now. And I've been looking at a lot of SaaS companies and how they've grown. I basically realized that if you can build, well, obviously you need to build a great product, but also if you can build a product that your users or customers can show other people as they're using it, it's just like if in GMAS, if you had a signature, you probably would never do this, right? But if you had a signature at the bottom of every email sent saying, send with GMAS, just like Hotmail did, that's going to explode growth. And I found that it's, yes, you need the awesome product, but people are only going to want to like share or like push out the things that they're doing with your product if they're really enjoying it and if you've built this amazing thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, It's funny you mentioned that bit about Hotmail because we actually do add a little powered by GMAS footer. So in all all emails? No, 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 not in all emails. If If you sign up to our very discounted plan, we have like an extremely discounted plan where we say we're going to add that footer, then we do it. And we found that a lot of people click on it. Yes, for sure. That's how Hotmail grew and sold for $4 million, right? 
Awesome. Okay. And do you have a favorite SaaS business apart from your own? Yeah, yeah. So it's actually a business that could be considered a competitor. It's MailChimp. Uh Oh, really? The reason MailChimp is so interesting to me is because a lot of SaaS companies, when they're starting out, they crave like a lot of big media coverage, like a big tech crunch headline. So MailChimp, MailChimp has actually, apart from like the last couple of years, mm-hmm. never had like the big tech crunch headline. They never got like all this big tech blog coverage. And they've never raised a dollar. And it's yeah. a $700 million revenue business. Wow. Completely owned by the original three partners. Mm-hmm. Never raised a dime of outside financing. Never had the big tech crunch headline. And for me, they're an inspiration because... They grew to these massive heights without all the things that everybody else does. Mm. I didn't know all of the ownership still remains with the three founders. That's pretty insane. Yeah. And they must have started, do you know how long they've been going? Yeah, they started in about 2002, I think. Nice. Yeah, so it's been a long grind, but that's an absolutely incredible story. Yeah. Okay. And finally, the person that's taught you the most about growth. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I, I can't think of anybody. I'll tell you why. So I read a lot of articles and I read a lot of articles on Medium and other outlets where people write about their growth stories. And I've read tons of articles that, that have titles that say something like, you know, how we 10x our business by doing X. Hmm. I read these articles and they're all interesting and cool, but I think everybody that's grown a SaaS company has their own story. Nobody has replicated the techniques of what they've read online and been able to grow that way. Most growth techniques are specific to what the business is. And that's the case with GMAS. That's the case with WordZen. And I just... I don't copy other growth techniques a whole lot. Maybe I'm missing out on something, but I just find that you have to create your own growth story and not Mm. duplicate what someone else is doing. That's a great message. It's like you have to walk your own path. But maybe you you can get inspiration from that kind of content. But actually, the thing that is going to help you grow is going to be something that that works specifically for you. I think so. That's That's my approach. Awesome. AJ, thank you so much. So just a little recap. We have an awesomely smooth onboarding flow that AJ built for his email SAF called GMAS. Uh, favorite marketing book is not actually a marketing book. It is a recruitment book. Favorite SaaS business is MailChimp bootstrapped to $700 million in around 17 years, I think. And then no one has taught AJ about growth because you have to walk your own path. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, Tom. And thank you so much, AJ, for coming on. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you want a shout out on the show that sponsors normally have to pay for, you just have to go to Apple, leave a review, email me a screenshot at tom at sasmarketed.io and I'll get you a shout out on the show. As always, thank you so much. In the next episode, I'm going to be sharing more about the behind the scenes of Fame and Becast. But thank you for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. Have a wonderful day. Okay.